Welcome to this week's edition of Middle East Matters. I'm Charlie James, and coming up, violence raging in the occupied West Bank, international calls for peace as attacks on civilians and deaths escalate. Earthquake survivors in Syria and Turkey facing their physical and mental injuries. We explain the so-called crush syndrome doctors are seeing. And online content creators in Iraq and Egypt being surveyed by the government. If they post something deemed indecent or political, they risk arrest. Retaliatory attacks are intensifying in the occupied West Bank. An Israeli-American was shot and killed in his car near the city of Jericho on Monday. This after Israeli settlers attacked Palestinian villages near Nablus, burning dozens of cars and houses. Israel has sent hundreds more troops to the West Bank to try to contain the violence. Olivia Bizot takes us there. Damaged homes, burnt cars broken windows. Palestinians in the West Bank are counting the costs of Israeli revenge attacks. I was here yesterday when the incident occurred. I didn't know how to escape. They immediately closed all the roads and escape routes, so I was forced to stay here. I locked the door, and then the settlers arrived and burned things. They set fire to all the wood I had and burned my car. They burned everything. The deadly violence in and around the city of Huwara began just hours after two Israeli brothers were killed by a Palestinian gunman. The Israeli military said it's still searching for the Palestinian who shot the brothers and that it had moved in hundreds of extra troops. But the government has called for calm. I understand the hard feelings, but this is not the way forward. We do not take the law into our own hands. The Israeli government and defense forces are the ones who should be crushing our enemies. The latest twist in violence comes as joint talks were being held in Jordan on Sunday, with a view to de-escalation, a name both sides had pledged to work towards. Egypt's foreign minister made a rare trip to Syria and Turkey on Monday, a show of solidarity after the deadly February 6th earthquake. It's the first visit by a high-level Egyptian diplomat in a decade. The trip is the latest example of regional outreach to Syrian President Bashar al-Assad, whose government has been isolated due to his brutal 10-year civil war. 50,000 people died in the earthquake, and some of those who survived are suffering from an alarming medical condition called crush syndrome. Fraser Jackson explains, and please be advised, this report contains disturbing images. Tens of thousands have been killed in Turkey and northern Syria by fallen buildings. But some of those rescued may have been pulled out of the rubble, but they're not out of the woods. Nine-year-old Syrian girl Sham has captured the hearts of millions with her story of survival. But days spent being trapped and compressed by immense weight has left her with so-called crush syndrome, meaning her legs may have to be amputated. Crush syndrome occurs when an external compression force reduces or cuts the blood flow to muscle cells in the extremities, causing the cells to die with the resulting toxins being released into the bloodstream once the compression is removed. 
Once those toxins enter the bloodstream, they can result in major shock and organ failure. Cases of crush syndrome require urgent and specialist medical attention, resources hospitals in northern Syria simply don't have. Some survivors of the earthquake, such as Sham, have therefore been transferred to hospitals in Turkey to get the care that they need. But time is of the essence. Under-resourced doctors in Syria have said that a slow response to pull people from the rubble has potentially worsened many people's conditions, putting more lives at stake. Iraq's government going after what it calls decadent content on social media. Users of TikTok, Instagram and other platforms who are found to breach morales and traditions can be jailed. The campaign was announced in January and so far around 12 people have been arrested. Reporter Josh Vardy looks at one of those cases. Social networks have been put under increased scrutiny in Iraq since January. In order to control content that the authorities see as damaging the morals and values of society, the Iraqi Interior Ministry has launched a platform where content can be reported. So far, more than 137,000 reports have been filed. We take the evidence that we feel is 100% offensive, without any personal grudges or anything else. We bring that to the judge and they decide whether to take action or not. We focus only on what would offend the majority of our society. Seven people have already been given sentences of up to two years in prison. At this law firm in the capital, Ala al-Mashaykhi has been closely following the government campaign. According to him, the law being applied by the authorities is too vague. Article 403 simply refers to scandalous acts, which is really subjective. How can you determine if something violates the law or not? For some people, one topic is forbidden, but for others, it is not. One of his clients is on the phone, a blogger with two million followers. She's not had any official notice from the authorities, but after receiving a slew of negative messages about her posts, she dares not return to Baghdad. They're accusing me of making decadent content, but I don't even create content. I'm not a YouTuber. I'm creating ads. I'm honestly afraid that people can use this content to hurt me in some way. Freedom of speech NGO the Tower of Babel Foundation says it's concerned about the long-term consequences of these precedents. We are afraid that these measures will start to affect journalists or media outlets in the coming days, months or years. That's why we are arguing for new legislation and a clear law. Freedom of expression is guaranteed under the Iraqi constitution. The Interior Ministry has promised it will not be threatened. Egyptian authorities have also targeted online content creators. And in fact, activists there are warning about a worsening human rights situation overall. A group of major NGOs is urging the UN Human Rights Council to pressure Egypt's government to stop what they call a brutal crackdown on civil society. For more on this story, I'm joined by France 24 journalist Hamin Al-Hitan. He also works for our Arabic channel. Hello, great to see you. So this campaign coming from NGOs, it, it follows a few weeks after uh, four Egyptian YouTubers were detained over a video they made that they say was just humorous and not political at all. 
It was meant to be humorous, of course, and that's how it was seen by human rights activists in Egypt, but it turns out authorities have a different interpretation. Now, the short video is called The Visit. Uh, it's a sketch that takes place in a low-income neighborhood in Egypt, and the main character is the neighborhood's Shabah, a sort of a gang leader. Uh, he is in prison, and he's being visited by uh, his friends and his girlfriend, who are worried about him. Let's take a look. Now, the video was a big success on social media. On Facebook alone, it was seen 8 million times since it was published mid-January. And on the 25th of January, three of these YouTubers were arrested by authorities in Egypt, uh, Muhammad Hassam, Basma Samir, and Ahmad Al-Khouli. Then on the next day, Ahmad Tariq was detained. Now, they face accusations including membership of a terrorist group, financing a terrorist group, incitement to commit acts of terrorism, and uh, publishing false information. I mean, you've spoken with human rights defenders that are following this case. What are they saying is happening? They're quite surprised, actually. You know that uh, in Egypt, political criticism has often been faced by different forms of crackdown. But in this video, in this particular case, there is no political message. There is no political uh, c content in this uh, video. The YouTubers who made it are not known to be vocal on political uh, issues. It's just a, a group of young people who are joking around on social media, as described by one human rights activist. Now, what is even more surprising is the terrorist nature of these accusations, uh, which makes them totally absurd, uh, according to the Egyptian Front for Human uh, Rights. Let's take a listen. Honestly, I don't understand why authorities in Egypt arrest people who publish sarcastic content on TikTok. Security forces excessively enlarge the circle of suspicion. People are being detained for no reason. The public sphere is completely restricted. In the past, they would only shut down media websites or target journalists and editorialists who criticize the regime in their articles. But progressively, these practices have started to include anyone who voices the slightest bit of criticism or who makes any reference, directly or indirectly, to state institutions or the economic situation. All these people are being imprisoned. Why do they arrest people for a post, a like or a video on social media? Because it has an impact. That's how authorities think. If this could reach more people, we should make it stop. Of course, we have uh, tried to uh, contact Egypt's Interior Ministry for comments, but uh, we did not receive any response for the moment. Now, these NGOs are saying that this is part of a wider, a broader public crackdown that is happening over the past few years. Activists we've been speaking to, most of whom, by the way, live outside Egypt today, uh, they say that the absence of freedoms in uh, Egypt has always been the case, but now they're observing a tighter grip. Let's take a look at the figures of the Egyptian Front for Human Rights. They show that between April 2022 and January this year, uh, authorities in Egypt released 8 
163 people from prison, but at the same time around 2,600 people were either newly arrested or their temporary detention was renewed. Uh, so in last week's letter to the UN Human Rights Council, seven organizations, both Egyptian and international, uh, say it is more necessary than ever to take action in Egypt as the brutal crackdown on civil society continues to intensify. France 24's Tamin Al-Khitan, thank you so much for helping us understand the story. That's all for this edition. Thank you so much for watching. Versailles, Mont-Saint-Michel, the Louvre are well-known stars of French heritage. But French genius and France harbors many other hidden treasures. The arts, gastronomy, architecture, as well as nature's wonders. Come along with France 24. Discover France's living heritage. From young apprentices to accomplished craftsmen and farmers, to Michelin star sporting chefs, meet these people whose passion for their professions preserve and drive French heritage. You are here on France 24 and France24.com.